last week we focused on why. I mean, it's a simple question. Why? And the question I asked was, what is your why? Like, why do you do what you do? And we looked at a, at a portion of Scripture. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 6 and, and, and saw some people who were doing things with the wrong whys and just wrestled with the reality that when we have our, our why in the right place that we often see God do pretty remarkable things. Um, but our why often will determine what we experience or what we receive, what we get out of what we're doing. So if we're doing it with the wrong motives, if we're doing it with the wrong intentions, oftentimes we're settling for something much less than what God wants for us to have. And so in the context of that, uh, we had men's Bible study this week, and uh, we were reading, and they were just we're reading about a, a, a guy, and I, my mind, because of where I'm at, jumped back to the sermon on Sunday morning, and I want to read this morning, before we get to our question, but I want to read two, what I would consider kind of parallel parts of Scripture, parts of Scripture, but the interesting thing is the answer to the question that I'm going to ask. And I'm just going to read them so I can ask my question. So we read Matthew chapter 6. It said, but when you give, give to the needy. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you and when you pray do not be like the hypocrites so the 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 description there is that people are hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others truly i tell you they've received their reward in full so we had preached this sunday and then thursday at men's bible study we read these verses in acts chapter 10 at caesarea there was a man named cornelius a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed regularly to God. And I thought it was so funny to look at these two pieces of Scripture right next to each other because the first one's describing someone. And he's saying they give and they pray, right? I mean, that's what it's talking about in Matthew. They're giving and they're praying. And how are they described? A hypocrite. I don't think most of us want to be called a hypocrite, right? They're judging or whatever. The judgment is coming through that, that, that people are giving and they're praying, and this is who they are. And now I'm reading in Acts chapter 10 about this man named Cornelius, and what does he do? He gives and prays. But I don't sense that he's being described as a hypocrite. His who is a whole lot different than the who in Matthew chapter 6. I mean, the, the, he's described as a devout, God-fearing individual, you know. And, and, and then suddenly, in me, what, what God began to, to churn in my heart is the reality of what a difference our why makes. Because often our why determines our who. So we started with talking about the why, making sure what we're doing, whether it's coming to church or whether it's talking to someone or whether it's having a, a table fellowship with someone, whatever it might be, that, that rea- the reality that I see in the Word is that oftentimes the why, so the why in Matthew chapter 6 was all about me, it was all about my motives, it was all about what can I, I can gain, so guess what I'm considered? I'm considered a hypocrite. It's determined who I am. Cornelius was a God-fearing, God-honoring man. So when he gave and when he prayed, it was about who he was in Christ. 
It was about him, his honoring Christ, his obedience to Christ. And so, so it's who became defined by his why. Joellen was teasing me this morning because she said, Pastor, I said, I'm going to ask an easy question. And she said, Pastor doesn't ask easy questions. But as we're in Bible study, my mind starts to wrestle through this, this simple thought. So, if God were including me in the Bible, and He had about a sentence to write about who I am, what would He say? Like, what would be written about me? How would he introduce me to the multitudes of individuals that will read the most read book and written in the history of man? What would he choose to include about me? Because what God did with, with Cornelius was, in the midst of about 15 words or whatever it is, he, he encapsulated who Cornelius was. So what would God say about me? I read through the book of Acts. I, I skimmed through the book of Acts this week. And we see often in the book, he introduces us to someone and he gives us just a little snippet. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. We mean a man named Stephen. He's a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, a man full of God's grace and power. There was a disciple. I love it. I mean, he, he could have just said Ananias, but no, he said a disciple named Ananias. There was a disciple named Tabitha. She was always doing good and helping the poor. I mean, again, I'm reading Acts and I'm thinking, this is a pretty small book to talk about a pretty incredible portion of time. Yet, yet the writer, who is Luke, inspired by God, has decided to include these little snippets. There was a disciple named Timothy, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was Greek. Now, why? Why, why? why take the time to write that? It's who he was. There was Lydia. You know who she was? She's the dealer in purple cloth, and she's a worshiper of God. There was a Jew named Aquila. He was a native of Pontius, who recently came from Italy with his wife Priscilla. I mean, why if I'm like reading this and I'm a quill, I'm thinking, man, that's what I got. And he got God-fearing man or he got worshiper of the Most High. I mean, and I'm getting, I recently came from Italy with my wife. There was Titius Justice. He was a worshiper of God. There was a Jew named Apollos. He was a native of Alexandria. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the Scripture He'd been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. What would God say about you? I want to read one more scripture. Before I do, I want to pray because I want to make sure I get God's anointing in the midst of this, not just Pastor Self. But I want to read in First John and after, or, or John chapter one, and after I do, I want to ask a simple question, and I'm going to ask you to do something. And so you may not like it, but just humor me and participate today. Uh, Father, I thank you for this morning, and I believe this day you want to accomplish remarkable things in this place. 
God, I believe that you've prepared us for this morning. I believe that you've prepared us for this moment, each one of us who are here. So Holy Spirit, I ask that we could yield ourselves to you. That we would allow, God, in submission, your will to be accomplished in this place. God, in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts, let them be submitted to the Most High. For myself as the pastor, God, I pray that every word I speak would be yours, that you would speak through me. Holy Spirit, that your anointing would come through me, that your will would be accomplished in this place, this day, in Jesus' name. John chapter 1, I'm going to get to a question. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. They're asking the who question, right? He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely who he wasn't. (laughs) I'm not the Messiah. They asked him then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, no, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied with the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now, because we love these kind of things, I'm going to ask you a question. If you got a piece of paper, you don't need to take one. But if you don't have a piece of paper, I got a piece of paper. I got pens because I want you to be able to participate. If you got a cell phone, you can use your cell phone too. Technology's great. But I'm going to ask you a question, and, and, and I want you to write down your snippet. And the Pharisees, they asked John this question. They said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back. What do you say about yourself? So I'm giving you the liberty right now. You're writing the book. And I want you to answer the question, who are you? So in the book, if, if it was this monstrous book and, it, and you got one line, one little snippet, who are you? So take a moment, process, take a moment, write down, please. If you don't want to, I can't make you. But I just prayed about submitting to the Holy Spirit. I believe God is putting this in me. So just take a moment and write down, who are you? The answer to that question. What do you call yourself? Who do you say you are? And I'll pause. didn't intend on doing this, but I guess I should participate as well. Some of you might still be writing, and I'll just give you some clues. Oftentimes, in this world, we're identified by things. So sometimes we're identified by our occupation, right? Like, I am this, or our our attitudes, our accomplishments. Sometimes we're identified by our family. Last week, uh, Mike's parents were able to be here at church, and 
Kent was telling a story about this interaction he had with Mike's mom. And he went and introduced himself to her and she said she was Pastor Tara's mother-in-law. And he said, oh, you're Mike's mom. And she said, I'm Pastor Tara's mother-in-law. But oftentimes like things like that, they identify us. That becomes who we are when we're asked that question of, of who we are. Sometimes it's our interests, our, our talents, our, our heritage. Sometimes it's our faults, it's our past, it's our failures. But the reality is we have to answer the who question. And this morning I thought, who better to answer that question primarily than you? You know what I'm saying? Like if someone's writing about me, I want to be able to tell them what they need to say. <laughs> I want to tell them who I am before they decide who I am. Because who I see and who they say mean it may not be the same thing. So how do we answer this question? I mean, I know it's, it's a broad question and in, in some ways it's a, it's a challenging question and, and you're only giving us this little sheet of paper for some you say you gave me way too much. But how do we answer who I am? My kids, they're good at pointing out how I look, who I am. Graham, he, he, he said, my birthday, it's, it's this month. He's been telling me about it all month long. Dad, it's your birthday yet? No, Dad, how old are you going to be? 41. Oh, you're going to be old. We're going to have to help you now, aren't we, Dad? <laughs> you're know saying like other people, I may not feel like I'm old. I may forget, last night I was tucking him into bed. Graham, old silver tongue, you know what he says? Dad, you're bald. Wait a minute, son. Get out of bed. I'm not bald. Look at the mirror. Okay, the mirror doesn't lie. I used to get mad at my wife when she cut my hair because I think she was cutting it too close. But the reality was she wasn't changing the depth at which she cut it. It was just the volume of hair was decreasing. So I was blaming her for making me more bald, but the reality was it's God's. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we just have to look in the mirror to realize what we really are. There's a scripture about that. It's in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 27 says, As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects your heart. If I ask you, what's your life? Does that change who you are? If we start focusing on your life, does that change the words on your piece of paper? Because this, this Scripture is saying, the reality is that, 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 that your, your life will be a reflection of your heart. Your heart is genuinely the answer to this question, who are you? Sometimes when I see my life in the mirror, I'm not too excited. Other times when I see my life in the mirror, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> but the reality is, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. What's the mirror? The mirror is the Word of God. This is in James. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed 
in what they do. I believe that to answer this who I am question, I have to look intently at the perfect law. I have to look diligently at the Word of God because oftentimes we look at the Word of God and we walk away and we forget what we look like. We walk away and we forget who we are. And we allow ourselves to rewrite the narrative again. We allow ourselves to rewrite the snippet again. Because we forget what God's Word said about us. We forget what the law revealed about us. And we start thinking about who we think we are. And our answers... They change. I'm going to tell you, the Word is powerful, for the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. If you want to bring out who you truly are, start looking at the mirror, which is the Word of God. That, that scripture in Hebrews talks about the power of this word. It's going to bring out, it's going to divide what is and what is not. It's going, to, it's going to point out what is genuinely in your heart. And at times, we don't like what we see in the mirror. All of a sudden, we look and things aren't what they once were. So you know What? Get rid of the mirror. (laughs) I can live in my reality. My home is a no-mirror zone. Because if I don't look in the mirror, then I'll have to face the reality of who I am. I want to face the reality of who I am. Why? Why? John knew who he was. So when someone asked him who he was, he could answer with the why. He could have said a lot of things. I'm John. I'm Jesus' cousin. I'm from this. I'm the dude that's been in the wilderness eating nuts and whatever else for however long. I mean, he, he could have said a lot of things. But he knew his why, so his answer to his question came through the mirror, which was the Word of God. And what does he do? He says, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. His, his who was defined by his why. I want to read Philippians, because Paul was answering this question. Philippians, I think it's chapter 3. And we see Paul in this chapter, he talks a lot about who he was and he talks a lot in chapter 3 about the things that he's done. He's been circumcised, he's from the tribe, he's Hebrew of Hebrews, he's a Pharisee, a zeal, uh, as for zeal, persecuted the church. He's got all these who answers, but his reality to who he is, it's on the word, it's on the, it's on the screen. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. You know what? I was this. I was all these words that that he just used in Scripture. But now, who I am, I cannot define that apart from Christ. I cannot define who I am apart from Christ. 
What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Paul is talking about who he is, and now he gives us his why. I want to know Christ. I can't tell you who I am apart from my why. My why is that I want to know Christ. I want to know who He is. I want to know what He's saying. I want to know what's in His Word. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. You see, your why will determine your who. John, I'm a messenger. I'm a voice in the wilderness declaring, make way the the, the path for the Lord. Paul, who am I? I consider all that garbage because I just want to be known for one who wanted to know Christ. Hebrews chapter 2. I'm sorry, chapter 12. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pull your paper out or your phone out or wherever you wrote down who you were. Scripture says that he's the author and perfecter. So now I want you to just take a moment. You answered the question, who are you? If I were to ask God who you are, he's the author and perfecter. So I'm going to say he's the editor, or, or maybe for some of us he just has to edit a little bit. For others he may have to do a complete rewrite. Who would God say you are this morning? Look at what you've written down. Look at what, pa- what, what your pen has put on this piece of paper for who you say you are. Now we're supposed to look intently at the Word of God, the mirror, which, which divides even to, to joint and marrow, you know, and we're looking at His Word. And now I want to ask you a question. Who would God say you are today? And I'm going to ask you to answer that with the pen that's in your hands. And maybe you say, Pastor, I can't do that yet. Well, then we'll do it later. Take a moment and, and, and let the author and perfecter, let the editor. Who would God say you are? As you're writing that, I want to read a scripture. It says, as I have been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The, body I, the life I now live in the body, I live by my faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My who, but we all 
with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the, the, the Spirit. There's a scripture that says, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. What was is not. Who are you? What would God say about who you are? And, and I want to preface this because I've been wrestling with this question of, of, of who am I. I mean, and the reality that I see, oftentimes, Pastor makes us write on a piece of paper, and we're in church, and so we've got to write who, what we think Pastor says we're supposed to write. Or we've got to write... We look across the room, it's like we're in kindergarten again, and I'm sitting over here. I don't know what to write, so I look at Rowene, and I write down everything about Rowene so I can be Rowene. Well, pastor's standing in front of us, so I'm just going to write about who pastor is, and, and that's what I want to be. The reality is, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. As we wrestle with this question of who you are, so many times we allow the, 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 the word I've used is the cookie cutters of, of church, or the, the molds, or, the, or, or the, the role models. There's nothing wrong with role models, but let me tell you, God made you you. He didn't make you Rowene. And so many times we struggle to answer this question of who because we're trying to fit it in a mold that we're not. As you're answering this question about who you are, answer, answer who you are in the context of becoming a new creation. Yes, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. But let God be the author and finisher of who you are. Don't let a, 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 an expectation. Don't let a, 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 a cookie cutter, don't let a, a pastor or a role be what defines you, but let your father define you. I get to deal with conflict in churches and, and talk to people, and, and the reality that I wrestle with is, is so many times people apologize for who they are. And I'm not saying, again, hold on to the flesh. Because we just read Galatians and said, we, you know, we're crucified with Christ. I get it. But when God designed you and made you you, you don't have to apologize for who you are in Him. If you've submitted yourself to Him, if you're allowing Him to be the one that's writing down who you are, then don't expect to be someone else. We're the body of Christ. I was just telling Mike this morning, we're talking about this, I was like preaching before church, because this is in my spirit. We have to be unique. Right? We're not all going to be the same. How fun would a puzzle, remember the puzzle analogy? How fun would a puzzle be to put together if all the pieces were shaped the same? We're not going to accomplish very much, are we? Who are you? You guys can come forward. This morning, who are you? Colossians chapter 3. I want to read this. It's not in my sermon notes, but I want to read this. Since then, you who have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above. 
not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Last week we we wrestled a little bit with why. This week I hope we can wrestle a little bit with who. You know, sometimes we let things define us that God didn't intend. Sometimes we let things define us that we weren't meant to be. How has God defined you this morning? What has God said about you this day? What would your Father in heaven write about you this morning? Would He be focused on your cell or purple cloth? Or would He say, you're a true worshiper of God? Would He focus on, 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 on the fact that you're a, a Crawford native? A resident of Sioux County? Or would he declare you're a joint heir with Christ Jesus? Would he focus on what you can't do? Would he focus on what you've done? Would he focus on on, on the things that you've let define you? Or would he speak that you've been made new in Christ Jesus? That the fullness of forgiveness has been applied to your life. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed so that you could be forgiven. When you're forgiven, that no longer identifies you. Who are you? And I'll tell you what, if on your little sheet of paper, or your cell phone, or whatever you decided to write it on, Your words have more relevance than His. Let Him speak today. If the truth of who you are is more defined with what you've written than what you believe God would speak to you this day, then lay it down before Him and let Him declare who you are. Worship team is going to sing a song. As they sing the song, it's all about who I am. Who you said I am. This morning, as, as they sing this song, as they're, as, as they're worshiping, I encourage you to wrestle, to continue to wrestle, to continue to yield yourself to God. If you say, Pastor, I cannot get beyond my words, then I want to be able to visit with you. Let's talk about it. Let's see what you say. And let's look at the Word of God and see what God says. Let's let His Word be a mirror in your life. If you're looking at those words and you say, man, these words, this is who I am. Look at that in the mirror and see what his mirror says. Who are you? 
are you? I'm going to ask you again, and we're going to sing that chorus. Who are you? I'm going to ask you again this morning, who are you? And, and I want the answer now genuinely from your heart to be, I am chosen. I'm not forsaken. I am who you say I am. That you in that verse, it's capitalized. You know why it's capitalized? Because we're talking about God. This morning, the declaration of your heart, this morning, the declaration of your mouth to be in line with the word of God. I am who you say I am. I've written words. I've heard things spoken over me. I've heard people say things about me. I've done things, but that's not who I am this day. I am who you say I am, Father. I am who you say I am. It doesn't matter what people say I can't do. It doesn't matter what people say I have done. I am who you say I am. Who are you? God, in this room, I pray for each one of us that you would be the author and finisher. God, I pray you would write chosen. God, I pray for you to write a man who fears God. I pray, God, that in this place you would write genuine worshiper. One who loves generous witness disciple redeemed forgiven partakers of the divine nature temple of the Holy Spirit worthy students of the word of God I am who you say I am God I am who you say I am the Lord bless you and keep you may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you And may His words, His declarations, His description define you. Be what's written about you. Amen? Be blessed.